Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm trying to refrain from saying we have a great one this week, but to be honest, we have a great one this week. So maybe next week I'll try not to say that because I say it every week. But anyway, I hope everybody out there is doing good. I myself am doing pretty fantastic. Uh, Like I mentioned last week, I went out to the Texas Panhandle with my boss slash uh, best friend. And we went out there and did some turkey hunting on his family's land. They have quite a bit up in the Texas Panhandle. Uh, we were just like maybe 30 miles from the Oklahoma border, kind of on the eastern side there. But uh, but anyway, they have a ton of turkeys out there. And so we went out there and we took his son. His son is six years old. And so it was awesome having, awesome having him there. You know, he got to watch and hang out with us. And uh, we let him, you know, shoot the twenty two and stuff like that. And so it was just a great time. Uh, I will tell you we were successful. It was maybe one of the best turkey hunts that I've ever been a part of. It was so awesome. And I don't want to ruin it just yet because I plan to do some more turkey hunting. And so I'm probably going to save it and kind of do like a whole just turkey hunting, you know, episode. And so, yeah, I'm not going to ruin the story just yet, but be looking forward to it because it was awesome. Uh, This coming weekend, I am hopefully going to do some more turkey hunting as the southeastern region is finally opening up where I hunt. And, uh, man, overall, it seems like the numbers are down a little bit. Uh, not necessarily the numbers, but I think I mentioned before, like, I haven't seen very many toms, like, you know, older, mature turkeys. And so I've been, you know, kind of contemplating about whether I would shoot a Jake or not. And again, like, I don't know a lot about turkey hunting. So I actually did a little research today about, like, if you should you know shoot toms or or i'm sorry jakes or not like i thought you know it's kind of like deer like you try to let them get older and mature and it's good for the whole uh for the herd and everything but from the research i did um there's really no reason not to shoot a jake from what i uh from what i read um basically the two reasons uh they had for not shooting a jake was that it's one less tom the next year and you don't look as cool on social media. That's really the only reason I found not to shoot a Jake. And so if I get out there and I'm not seeing any Toms, I have a feeling I'm going to pull the trigger on a Jake because I just, I don't know, like this last weekend got me really jacked up about turkey hunting. And I want to continue that on. I don't think I've ever killed more than one turkey in a year. And I've definitely never killed two species in a year. I've killed Easterns and I've killed Rios, but I've never got it done in the same year. And so so that's kind of my goal for this upcoming weekend. Uh, of course, it's a weekend, and so they are predicting rain. Uh, I think there's like a 97% chance of rain. And so I hope I get some hunting in. I'm not positive I will, but I'm sure going to try. So, so yeah, that's uh, enough of the turkey stuff. This week I talked to TJ Norman. 
And TJ actually contacted me after uh, my episode about the controlled hunts and uh, points and all that stuff. And he and his family drew a bunch of tags uh, in northwestern Oklahoma this last year. Uh, two of his son sons drew youth tags, and then he and his family uh, put in as in as a group and drew some tags. And so it just kind of works, you know, rolling it all in. And uh, it was great uh, hearing from him. It was really nice to talk about hunting in the northwest portion of the state. I feel like I haven't got to cover that yet. Um, so it was kind of a two birds with one stone type thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just an awesome conversation. Um, I would also like to say real quick before we get started, I've had a lot more interaction the past, like, two weeks on social media with you guys, and I love it. I enjoy it. Um, I've had some positive feedback. I've had a few questions, and uh, yeah, so please, please, if you're out there listening, don't hesitate to read out, reach out to me. I can't guarantee that I will have an answer, but I will do my best. One question I've gotten is about the new uh, walk-in hunting, controlled hunt they're doing this year for elk. And uh, I've reached out to a few people, but I haven't heard anything back. And I don't want to talk about it unless I really know what I'm talking about. And so I'm not sure I'll get the information in time to put it out on a podcast before the uh, the date is up. But if I do find something out, I will put it out on my social media and try to help you guys out. So I would have loved to put it on this episode, but unfortunately I just didn't get any of the answers I was looking for before I had to put it out. So uh, look forward to that. And that, I believe, is going to do it. And so, um, yeah, uh, TJ, like I said, he contacted me, talked to him a little bit, seemed like a great guy. So I took a risk and had him on, and it worked out awesome. Uh, he's, a, he's a heck of a storyteller, and he does a great job talking about uh, the process and the hunts and goes into great detail and gives a lot of tips. And so, so uh, yeah, without further ado, here's my interview with TJ Norman. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. Today I'm talking to TJ Norman. How are you doing, TJ? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's been a long day, but I'm ready to relax and talk about deer hunting. So, uh, if you would real quick, TJ, why don't you just give us a quick little rundown of who you are and where you're from? <clears throat> uh, yeah, like you said, um, I'm TJ Norman. I uh, grew up here in the central part of Oklahoma, uh, Luther, Edmond, Oklahoma City area. Um, I've got some family land in north central Oklahoma that'll come into play, and I've got some family land in the in the panhandle that we do uh, hunting and fishing and, and that kind of stuff on. So, awesome, awesome, and I'm excited to have you on because I've I feel like I've talked to people from southwestern Oklahoma, southeastern, and south uh, I'm sorry, northeastern, southeastern, and southwest, but I haven't got anybody from the northwest northwest part. Man, I can't talk today. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, so uh, today we're both mostly going to be talking about your 2020 mule deer season, correct? That is correct. I and the whole family had a great year. Um, and and part of that's part of that's work, part of that's luck, uh, mm -hmm. as as usual. So, awesome, awesome. So so to get us started, if you would uh, give us a quick rundown of just kind of the draw press uh, process y'all went through. You said like your whole family drew, so I'm assuming y'all probably entered the draw as a party um, or a group. Um, and so if you would, real quick, just kind of walk us through that process and how everything went down. 
Yeah, so, and uh, also, whenever this drops, there'll be uh, oh, a week or so, maybe maybe two weeks left in the Oklahoma uh, controlled hunt process. We call it the controlled hunt. And, uh, you know, $5 uh, to put your name in the hat, not a, not a bad gig. There's, uh, there's elk, there's antelope, uh, deer, and turkey. And uh, there's the youth, youth sections for those as well. So, you know, last year at this time, uh, I put in my three kids. I've got uh, two boys. They're the oldest, 13 and 12. And then my daughter is 10. We put all three of them in uh, just for, a, you know, a selection of the youth hunts. Um, I'm a little bit of a statistical nerd. So when the draw results come out from the previous year, I put them all into a spreadsheet and then sort the spreadsheet by percentages and that kind of stuff to try to look and see uh, which management area, which hunts um, happen to have the, the best chance, you know, at, at a deer overall. And then, you know, we've always viewed the controlled hunts as a way to maybe go shoot, you know, a big deer somewhere mm -hmm. where, you know, um, and a lot of the car controlled hunts are, you know, a gun hunt in an area that's archery only, you know, or, uh, maybe a gun hunt outside of the regular gun season and those type of deals. That's how Oklahoma's, uh, draw system works usually. Mm -hmm. So, um, put in for a uh, couple of the management areas. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say them. It's not, uh, yeah, it'd be really easy to figure out which one it was anyways. And then part of the story is going to help later. So uh, the beaver management area is in uh, the panhandle of Oklahoma. It's split up into two um, different zones uh, with slightly different regulations on each one. Um, and so the, the kids, the youth hunt uh, is on one side, and then the draw hunt that we got drawn in uh, is on the other side. So that'll come back into play later. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we put in, and then in about, I don't know, it's usually the 1st of June or so is whenever Oklahoma posts their uh, controlled hunt results. Mm -hmm. And uh, my younger son, the 12-year-old, got drawn for the Beaver River McFarland unit uh, gun hunt. And my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I all put in uh, as a party hunt, and we got drawn for the Beaver River regular side controlled hunt. Um, you know, and so we had those dates, we had those times, we had all that kind of stuff. So we were excited about actually getting out there and doing that. Uh, my oldest son got drawn for Cherokee game management area, um, and I'll, I'll tell that story as well uh, <laughs> when we were when we got up there. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I feel bad for him because he didn't get near the amount of on the ground scouting as mm. the as the other son did because mm. of what's going on. Right. So yeah, that's that's the draw hunt. Uh, okay. Any questions or anything like that about what I didn't cover there? No, you did a great job. Uh, the only question I had is uh, what were the dates for that hunt? So um, Andrews, the youth hunt was during youth gun season, which was October sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. And then the party, the the adult party hunt was November 21st and 22nd. It's that first weekend uh, in gun season. Um, and again, that's on a management area that you can't gun hunt. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the draw is there. You get two days of gun, and then it goes back to archery uh, for the rest of in that management area. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. All right, sweet. So you and your almost your entire family draws these tags. And you're ready to go. Um, did you do any pre preseason scouting? Uh, talk about that. 
Yeah, so when we found out that we, you know, two separate units of us had got drawn for that section, uh, we definitely wanted to go up there and, and, and give it a go. So um, we went up during dove season, and I didn't realize this, and, and now that I've learned it, it's kind of going to become a, a family tradition that there's a ton of doves up there in the panhandle uh, on almost all the management areas up there from Woodward, you know, west. Everybody I've talked to says that, you know, there's a bunch of doves. And even the managers last year were saying, oh, we just didn't have the dove, dove numbers that we had last year. And, and there wasn't near as many hunters, you know, as we normally see. And us from here in the central part, you know, there was birds flying every day, <laughs> just hundreds of them. And mm-hmm. we're like, if this is a slow, you know, weekend, uh, what does a good weekend look like mm-hmm. kind of thing? It was it was crazy. Um, but, yeah, so we, we went up. For dove season, uh, shot some doves. I'm a terrible wing shooter, so I basically wanted to go sit on a hill and look for deer instead of shooting at doves whenever everybody else was shooting at doves. So that uh, that first night uh, I got up there, I shot at doves until sunset. You know, then mm-hmm. the the daily you know uh, season ends there uh, uh, for doves on the, you know, the daily hunting hours. Mm-hmm. And I ran up the hill real fast and just, you know, started glassing for deer for that last 30 minutes of daylight or so. And, and uh, saw some nice whitetail bucks, saw a bunch of, you know, does and fawns and that kind of stuff. I don't think I saw any muleys uh, that evening. Um, you know, rinse and repeat the next night. I did the same thing. I shot at a few doves, went up to a different spot, you know, looked around. Um, I did end up seeing them that night. So that would have been, you know, whatever – September 5th or something like that, mm-hmm. I ended up seeing probably four or five different uh, mule deer bucks that were all very nice. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, before anybody gets excited, uh, according to the manager, just about every single one of them got shot at some <laughs> point last year. So unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a, a pretty good crop of, of mule deer for next year. And that's something that I would, uh, you know, that I would caution people, uh, you know, everybody running up there, all that kind of stuff. It's just, um, we all go up there because we've never shot a mule deer before. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of us, you know, there's a lot of people, myself included, that went up there just to shoot a mule deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not be surprised if within the next few years, there's a, some change in the regulations mm-hmm. regarding mule deer in Oklahoma. Because um, right now it's just a free for all, you know, mm-hmm. the whitetail tag and the mule deer tag is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, at least on management areas, there isn't some change uh, to that, just to give the muleys uh, a chance to yeah. grow up a little bit, you know, sometimes. Yeah, I can so, definitely see there yeah, being maybe a separate um, draw for that or something. I did put some cameras out as well uh, during that uh, trip in September. Um, I knew I was coming back up the next weekend with my brother and a, and a best friend to shoot some more doves. Mm-hmm. And so I had, you know, put some cameras out, got a few pictures, not too much. Um, I mean, it's giant open. I mean, you could see forever. So it's kind of hard to figure out where, where do I put a camera? Which fence post do I put a camera on, you know, that a deer might actually jump over the fence here at this spot instead of somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, you know, I did get, like I said, I did get some pictures. Um, I saw some really nice whitetails, nice muleys, um, you know, and, and that got us excited for coming back the next weekend. Uh, next weekend, we shot again, shot at some doves. We found a, we found a tank. They've got a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, pre-built, prefab tanks that they've got uh, wells drilled on. Mm-hmm. And there's like 30 of them, I think, on, you know, this 
giant management area. And uh, we walked about a mile and a half down to this other one, and that's where nobody else had been. So we, the doves were still there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like anything else, everybody had parked on the road and shot at the tanks that were right next to the road, and there were no doves there anymore, but they were still around. You just had to find them, which is no different than anything else. <laughs> you know, once the pressure starts happening, uh, everything finds those places where, where nobody else wants to be. Right. So, right. Um, I, so before I jump back into uh, the rest of the beaver hunts, let me jump up to um, my oldest son, Elijah. He got drawn for Cherokee, and... We only did like e-scouting stuff. We never went up there. We didn't do anything like that. His hunt was November 7th and 8th, which you would think, you know, right in the middle of the the quote-unquote rut. Mm-hmm. You've got a gun hunt on a place that doesn't normally get, you know, gun. It's archery only up there as well. Um, and so we did we did find a really great spot, uh, you know, through e-scouting, topo lines. There's some, there's a bunch of food plots that they put up there. That, that place, the, it seems like the wildlife department does a great job on that particular management area of, there's lots of, lots of, uh, food plots that are built, lots of trails that are cut, you know, those kind of things. So we, uh, we found a good spot, went down. It was a Saturday, Sunday hunt. We, we got down to where we wanted to be Saturday morning, sat overlooking this field that was again, probably about a mile and a half or so, uh, back from the road. Uh, but this one had a trail that you could walk all the way, you know, a road that you could walk all the way to it and, uh, sat there that morning, didn't see anything, decided to go back into town for lunch, uh, came back from lunch and there was a car parked in the, you know, in the trailhead there where we wanted to park. So we, uh, didn't go down that spot and we went, you know, to another food plot nearby and, uh, come to find out those people that, that hunted there did shoot a nice buck that evening. (laughs) So the note to self, uh, don't necessarily go into town and get lunch, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you got to stick somewhere. it out. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> yeah, stick it out. Yeah, or at least stay a little closer and maybe be the, the first person back to the, you know, to the parking spot, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But yeah. that happens. Um, my son doesn't have a clue that that happened. Um, <laughs> he just knows. We did we did end up see, uh, we saw a doe and a fawn that evening in the food plot we were on. And, and you know, this is Saturday evening and. He was like, I want to shoot it. And I'm like, you can if you want to, but we still have all day tomorrow, you know, the normal, you know, parental talking him in and out. He shot does before, you know, at the farm and that kind of stuff. And so he decided that to wait because I said, you never know, you know, a buck may step out right behind her uh, into this food plot, you know, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up seeing anything. Um, Sunday, we walked all over the place. We went and sat in that same spot that we sat Saturday morning, and then we kind of walked. Uh, did a bunch of scouting basically. If we ever go back, we've got some good intel on you know where to where to be and all that kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. nothing there's nothing like actually walking it and seeing it. Right. You know you can you can play online all you want to, you know the topo lines and and food plots and all that kind of stuff. But until you're actually there and you actually see where you know they're traveling in and out, it's it's pretty pretty tough to to make a game plan from, from just being on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, they were running though. We just weren't in the right spot. And one of the places, one of the guys that was camping right there next to us said that he and his daughter, every time they sat, they, they, they had bucks and does running by and she ended up shooting a, a nice little eight pointer. Um, I think Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I think it was. So it was, we just weren't in the right spot or, you know, mm-hmm. who knows, you never know what happens. And one of the places, and this is, something to keep in mind for you know everybody that's doing any kind of public land hunting is even if you're the only person in the parking lot that day 
you know, you have no idea that the three days prior, somebody might have been, you know, running around that same area. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of uh, during the week type hunting just because I, you know, I own my, my own business. I can do whatever I want. And so I'll go hunt Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody that shows up on Friday may, may think that nobody's hunted it for six or seven days since last Sunday. Uh, but that isn't necessarily the case. And you just never know, you know, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be there, when they're going to be there and, and all those kind of things. So he didn't, uh, he didn't get anything on the controlled hunt. Um, he does get some redemption later uh, in the panhandle while we do that. So now, so we'll jump back to, uh, to Andrew, my middle son. Um, well, no, let's start with October 1st. (laughs) So we'd made this giant plan. We scouted all, uh, you know, those two weekends in September. I wanted to shoot a muley. Um, I've shot a crossbow now for like 10 years, um, just because it's fun. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I did have shoulder surgery, uh, uh, a few years ago and I haven't tried to pull a bow back since I had that surgery, but I'm, my philosophy is always the most effective means that's legal. Right. So I archery hunt because I can't muzzleloader order hunt. I muzzle order hunt because I can't gun hunt, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of deals. So right. I'm, I'm not one to, to be an archery purist or anything like that. I'm, I'd rather kill the thing, kill whatever it is the most effective way. Right. You know, I understand there's some, there's some fun and there's some challenge aspects to it. And, and I may, you know, pick a vertical bow up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I shoot a crossbow, shooting the Excalibur Eclipse, a big recurve uh, crossbow, which weighs a whole bunch, and it sucks carrying it <laughs> 10 miles, which will come back into play. So um, October 1st, me and my dad, uh, my dad's retired, so uh, he and I can go do whatever we want to, whenever we want. He, he works for me sometimes as well. And uh, we go up to the panhandle again. We're going to hunt beaver. You know, we've got all this intel that, that – first week in september when i was up there i snuck in on some muleys within about 50 60 yards from them i've got some videos and pictures of them really cool um so i'm like i can do this you know i'm i've never done it before i'm a you know central oklahoma tree stand sit by the edge of a field kind of guy but my i've got it in my blood now that i can go sit on a hill i can stock up a a muley and and see him and spot him and stalk him and and get it done so October 1st rolls around. I'm expecting there to be other people on the management area, you know, opening day and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was not the case. You know, uh, I figured where I would sit, if anybody else was in the, in the area, they would bump deer towards me. Uh, when I had bumped deer during scouting, they had kind of ran this path almost every single time. So I went and sat down there on that path just in case somebody else, you know, bumped a deer elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might get a chance of him, you know, coming by. Mule deer are notorious for running to the hill and then stopping and looking back at you. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping I'd be sitting somewhere when they stopped and looked back at the other guy, you know, I'd be nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see anything uh, that first morning. Um, first evening, sat in a different spot. Uh, did end up seeing uh, – I somebody did some shooting nearby. I don't know if he was sighting in a gun or just playing or something like that. And I saw a big white tail running by. So I was keep that, you know, keep that in mind where he came from, where he went, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, that, that panhandle there, there seems to be no rhyme and reason where they go, why they went that way. Um, there's ag fields in a certain direction, but it didn't ever seem like they were coming or going to those ag fields. And it may be most of it was after dark or before light, 
you know, mm-hmm. and I was just seeing the tail end of when they were just milling around in the, in the sagebrush and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, uh, let's see, first evening I saw some, didn't see any close enough to put a stock on, um, the October 3rd evening, I was setting up in a different spot and I just happened to look over my shoulder, uh, towards the setting sun. And I saw a mule deer buck standing up. And so I was like, okay. So I went to put a sneak on him and I snuck within about 50 yards of him and he was bedded down and I couldn't, you know, that stuff for those people that have never been out there, that stuff's anywhere from, you know, shin tall to six feet tall, uh, depending on what it is. And if you're up or down or, you know, left, right. And so they were bedded. I couldn't see them. So I just had to sit and wait. And, uh, they ended up standing up and walking off about 75 yards from me as they were, you know, they didn't come down the hill towards me. They went down the hill away from me and didn't, uh, didn't get a chance. Had to watch them walk away, um, about 55 yards or so is as far Mm -hmm. as I'm going to shoot with that crossbow. And, uh, so did make that happen Sunday morning, uh, I believe was the fourth, um, I went and sat at a different spot. I met some guys down there and uh, they had been seeing this same group of mule deer bucks come into this water tank and leave each morning. So I went and sat at it Sunday morning, didn't see anything. And then I just decided I was going to go on a hike. Uh, And I ended up walking about 10 miles that day uh, after everything, after everything was done, said and done. Um, That, that management area I think is about, three to four miles tall and it's almost 20 miles long Mm. so it's it's a long skinny management area that's on that uh on the river up there so i started at one place i walked all the way to one end of it uh turned around walked back and basically what i was doing is i would just walk to the hill i'd sit on that hill and i'd glass for five or ten minutes you know and then i'd walk down the valley walk to the next hill um kind of thing anywhere from you're usually looking between four, 500, maybe 800 to a thousand yards out. Most of the time, um, I happen to crest this hill, sit down, take a break, you know, look, um, there's a funky shadow underneath this tree. And, uh, I'm like, Oh, that's a funky shadow. And, you know, didn't think anything about it, but there's not very many trees out there. So a shadow under a tree is kind of normal. And, uh, a few minutes later, I look back up and the shadow's not there anymore. And I'm like, that's, you know, suspicious so i walked down that valley kind of kept a hill in between me and that tree and then i popped up around that tree and got a better look i was probably about 100 yards or so away and sure enough i could see a mule deer bedded down up underneath that tree and uh, you know checked the wind did all that kind of stuff uh crept in basically crawled in to about 50 yards from him and uh and i'm sitting there on this little hill and he's about 50 yards away from me and i could see him and and all of a sudden i look and behind him is a little bit bigger uh, mule deer and uh so i decided to back out and i circled all the way around and and i don't know you know they always tell you all the podcasts that you listen to um sh- shout out to remy warren's podcast uh they are uh, just i probably wouldn't want to go hunt as hunt the west like i do if we didn't listen to those type of podcasts about glassing and stalking and walking and all that kind of stuff and and his his hip his tips and tricks and everything have, have been awesome so I, the wind is blowing over the top of this little sand dune that they're laying down on. And so I could circle all the way around in kind of an L-shaped dune, and I was able to come up on one side of it where the wind wasn't blowing my scent to them. And I crested the hill, and there he was standing there, and uh, about 
33 yards and I ended up shooting my first muley with the crossbow, um, a three by three. He looks a lot like a, uh, whitetail. He's got a whitetail mm-hmm. rack with yeah. no brow times. And, uh, so I, that's the, you know, he was cool. That's why I shot him. Plus I'd never shot a mule deer before. I didn't know if I'd ever see a mule deer before, you know, all those kind of things. So two and a half year old, um, yeah, cool looking, cool looking deer. Mm-hmm. So he ran off, piled up. Uh, I went and found him and then, uh, and then you can't drive on these management areas either. Mm. So I called them. I called the manager, and I'm like, because he, he's, you know, those guys are cool. Biologists, the managers, all those guys. I've never met any of them at any of the wildlife department, you know, areas that aren't just helpful. Uh, you know, they love people coming out. They want to help you. All those kind of things. So I call him and I tell him. I kind of try to tell him where I am. You know, they've got names for all of their uh, stock tanks out there. And, but I don't know what the names are. So he's telling me this name and I'm like, I don't know if that's what it is. It's over here, over here. You know, I'm trying to give directions, end up just dropping him an Onyx pen. And, uh, you know, so he can tell where I am and he goes, Oh yeah, I can, I can get to a road that's, you know, 500 yards from you, just drag it there and, and we'll come pick you up. So I walk all the way back to the truck, get my dad, my dad and I have this, uh, this four wheel cart that he built. And so we drag it down there. And so this is, this is part, uh, this is like five miles where I shot him. And so it's two miles back to the truck, two miles back to the deer that makes the nine miles. And then, uh, I only had to drag him 500 yards or so until they came and picked us up in the truck. So I didn't have to, to walk, I didn't have to walk that, uh, other, you know, two and a half miles back to the truck kind of a thing. Now Um, I have a quick question. Got him out, got him taken care of, uh, that, that, awesome you know that kind of stuff so uh my dad sat on tanks every evening had deer come in had does uh had a group of mule deer does come in almost every evening you know sitting on the tank and the winds out of the south he sat, he sat you know on the north side of the tank if it was on out of the north he sat on the south side and and he you know early i think that probably would work you know um they might uh they might get a little more uh, spooky as more and more people are down there obviously mm-hmm. um so that's, that was it. October 4th, shot one, you know, came home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did leave a camera up there as well. I found a, I found a giant, uh, giant rub and giant scrapes in this little patch of uh, trees that were in there. So I set a camera up there, had a few uh, nice deer come by. Nobody actually like worked the scrape like I thought they would. Um, you know, central and, and my central Oklahoma place, sometimes places just get thrashed when they work scrapes and this is what that looked like. And, you know, maybe I smelled it up. And so the, the whatever ones that did the originally did it, but didn't come back. So mm-hmm. didn't really get too much work in it, but did get them traveling through this little patch of trees. Um, so that brings us to October Hey, 16th. real quick before we Go move ahead. on. I, yeah, I got a quick question for you, uh, or two quick questions, actually. One, as far as you know, uh, you were talking about your drag out. Are there any rules against quartering a deer if you're up there and, you know, packing it out? Uh, I know some states actually have rules against that, um, especially on public land. But to your knowledge, is there any rule against that if you wanted to do that? I don't think it's illegal. I think because mm-hmm. when I talk, when I called and asked him, he goes, well, are you going to pack it out or what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, we're just going to throw it on a cart and roll it out. Mm-hmm. And he laughed at us, but our <laughs> cart actually worked. He, he was very skeptical of our cart, but yeah. our cart ended up dragging one, two, three, four, five, six deer out of that management area. So by the time nice. that we ended up, you know, the, the family was done mm-hmm. inflicting damage upon that management area. <laughs> 
we uh, he was a believer in in that cars that Dad had built. But I I believe I believe you can pack them out. Gotcha. Um, I just have I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I've you know as as you were as you're probably well aware, we just go get them right. in a pickup truck and drag them <laughs> to a tree and uh-huh. hang them up in a tree and and do the work you know at back home kind of a thing. Right. Right. Um, exactly. So I, I will tell you this, that uh, the mule deer, no matter what, you know, sagebrush and, and sumac and stuff they've been eating, uh, tastes, tastes good. Tastes just good. like a, uh, you know, a regular deer to me. Uh-huh. So good. it was, uh, it, it, it tasted good anyway. You know, we always, we always try to make it a point of uh, heart and tenderloin, you know, as a, as a dinner for mm. a successful hunt kind of a thing. Right. So. Okay. Anything uh, else that I may have left out? <laughs> no, I got one quick, uh, one more quick question, kind of with that early season stuff. Um, would you say that the mule deer, especially like early on, do you would you say they're maybe a little more daylight active than the whitetails, or kind of the same? I know you said you saw that one whitetail buck, but it it sounded like he might have been spooked and rushed. Um, but would you say the the mule deer maybe a little more daylight active than the whitetails? I think and I'll, I'll back up and tell a story from the first that i that i forgot um i think the mule deer get up and feed and then lay back down a lot more than a whitetail does mm. um i bumped i bumped multiple whitetail bucks uh that just bl- busted out of a little shrub like a covey of quail mm. um whereas most of the time whenever i would see a mule deer you know I, I never saw a mule deer come up out of the ground. They were either already standing, which either means they knew we were coming. You know, they already heard us, you know, before we crested the hill and they were already standing up looking at us. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're just up and down more often than gotcha. a whitetail. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So on the first, uh, on the first, I had got, I had set my cell camera up on one of the water tanks that I had found just in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping that, you know, I'd see lots of deer come through this tank because I knew nobody had probably been down there quail or dove hunting. Uh, nobody had wanted to walk that far, you know, that I would assume mm-hmm. because, you know, nobody knew it was there. It was, it wasn't on the map. I found mm-hmm. it while I was just walking around during dove season. And, uh, so I put a camera up there, didn't, you know, didn't have anything on it. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing went or anything like that. And so I went the first afternoon uh, on October 1st, I did not take my crossbow with me because I was just going to run up to this, you know, it's about a mile and a half or so uh, from the parking spot up, grab a camera, bring it back to the truck, take it to another spot, set it up, etc. cetera. Um, as you, as I'm sure you know where this story is going, I got the camera and I'm walking back to the truck and I crest the hill and uh, there's a deer standing, you know, there's a mule deer standing there looking at me. He's about a hundred yards or so away. And I'm like, oh, cool, there's a mule deer. And then I take like two more steps, and uh, there's a bigger one just 20 yards right in front of me on, <laughs> on my side of the bowl. Uh-huh. And, he, and, and it's one of those deals. I had enough time. I pulled my phone out of my pocket, put it on video, put the video you know, camera on, mm-hmm. and, and watch this mule deer just look at me. And he like takes a step, and he, you know, they do that little head up and down, left and right, trying to figure out what I am. Uh, and then finally he runs off, but I've got, you know, a 30 second video of this nice, you know, thin four by four mule deer, uh, just looking at me <laughs> and then he runs off. I, there's no way he wouldn't have been dead had I had the crossbow, you know, or, you know, any type of, any type of weapon at all. Mm-hmm. So, and of course I get back to the truck and I'm telling dad and he goes, 
you know, it's hunting season now. You can you can carry your gun because we've been <laughs> doing this during dove season. You uh-huh. know, uh, we obviously couldn't shoot them then, uh-huh. so he was giving me a hard time uh, about that. So I would say. Uh, for the most part, yeah, even – and that was it. I think that was – I went back and looked at that video. Um, I think that was 2.30 in the afternoon hmm. is whenever uh, those three deer – and they were up, like just walking around feeding. They may have bedded down right in there somewhere. I don't know. I haven't learned quite that much about them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I did end up – that I did end up shooting, uh, his buddy was standing up at some point because that's what I saw him. If he'd have been – if they never would have stood up, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen him. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of during the, all the times we sat up there looking around. I don't think I saw a whitetail up walking around in the middle of the day, except for once. And that's, I'll tell that story here in just a second. Um, all the other whitetail movement I saw was basically first, you know, first light, last light right. kind of deal. Right. Um, now I wasn't in the whitetail habitat either. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, the river bottom is where everybody goes for the, for the big white tails. Um, and so I wasn't looking there. I don't know. That's what, that's the next plan is, is to go down there and, and, and try to find one in the river bottoms and see, because we've heard rumors of, of really nice white tails down there as well. Um, again, this is a, you know, 20 miles wide or 20 miles long by five miles tall type thing. There's a lot of ground. There's a lot of cover, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it may or and, and everybody goes out there for mule deer, you mm-hmm. know. So I think sometimes the whitetails get uh, overlooked. It's not too much different than uh, you know some of the other podcasts talk about western states. You know, everybody goes west to Colorado or to Idaho for mule deer, and there's whitetails out there too. Mm-hmm. You know, just everybody's like, ah, I can shoot a whitetail back in back home in Pennsylvania or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they they get a chance to be to get big out there as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah that that's that's what i think i don't i don't know for sure um you know the the cameras didn't tell me much at all again you can't there's not a whole lot of places to kind of funnel deer down uh, up there it's big open flat hilly you know sand hills everything looks exactly the same i would say uh make sure you get uh you know download the map on onyx uh there were some places that didn't have self-service most places did you could you could get to the top of the hill and you could see town so at least you would know which direction was which. But mm-hmm. all of those, all of those sand dunes, you know, kind of all look the same. They all got the same amount of brush and stuff going on them. Uh, they they all look the same up there. So, okay. Well, we're about thirty minutes in. So, and it sounds like you got a lot of stories left. And so, just want to give you a heads yeah, up. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> Pick your I'll, poison. I'll speed, I'll speed it up. Yeah, I'll speed it up. So, uh-huh. uh, October sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth is the youth. Uh, gun season uh, here in Oklahoma. Uh, my middle son Andrew got drawn for that other management area hunt up there, and um, so we went up Friday. And Friday morning, both boys could hunt on one side of the unit, but they couldn't hunt on the other unit because that was the draw side. Um, and so that morning, my oldest son shot a four corn muley on the on the you know regular management side, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew and I actually saw one of the big muleys just on the other side of the fence where we couldn't go Friday morning. Mm. And so we had to wait till noon on Friday before we could hop the fence, you know, and go hunt that other section for the controlled hunt. Uh So we were waiting and waiting and waiting, ended up going over, going over to the management, the manager's house, you know, at about 1130 
and was like, hey, you know, it's going to take us like 20 minutes to get over there, to get back over to that section, this, that, and the other. He goes, you've checked in, get out of here, go. You know, I didn't know. Sometimes they want everybody there at noon to, to give them a kind of debriefing, and he was just like, nope, I'm going to check your name off the box, get out there. He said, just don't come you know, dragging a deer back towards camp or towards the road at 1201, you know, <laughs> make it look like you were actually out there. Uh-huh. So we got out there. Um, I think we, we walked over the fence at like 1145 and tried to sneak around and try to find where those deer had gone. And we, they were gone. We don't know. Don't know where they went. Don't know where they stopped. That's the other thing you think they can, they go over one hill and you're like, Oh, they'll just be right there on the other side of the hill. And you get over to that top and you realize, you know, you can't see them and there's seven other hills that could be hiding behind. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't know where they went. So, uh, Andrew and I, we go, we're going to go sit in this other spot that I had seen deer before. And, uh, so we go sit and again, this is, I try to find a place where, you know, you're not skylined, uh, the sun setting behind you and you can see for, you know, at least five, 600 yards, most, uh, you know, in that kind of 180 degree, uh, range. So, uh, we're sitting up there. It's probably one, one o'clock at this point. We didn't find those other bucks. And, um, we sit in this spot and sure enough, not too long, you know, we see a mule deer doe about five, 600 yards from us. She stands up, kind of walks across this opening and disappears. Then another one and then another one. So middle of the day, um, you know, there's those mule deer does are up moving around and, um, and we're sitting there watching that, and all of a sudden, you know, a deer appears about 150 yards in front of us, just stands up out of the, the sumacs up there, and it's a, it's a spike muley. And I had to try – I tried I, – I had to uh, – I definitely had to talk my son out of shooting that spike muley when he stood up <laughs> out there. And uh, I was just like, hey, you know, your older brother shot one bigger than that. You know, I was trying everything that I could to keep him from, you know, filling his tag – Friday at one thirty, an hour and a half into his into his controlled hunt, uh-huh. you know. So we're sitting here watching this little uh, muley. We're taking naps, you know. Uh, one of us will lay down, the other, you know, kind of do that whole deal. It's it's the middle of the day, and that that mule deer buck actually walks towards us. He gets about forty or fifty yards from us uh, as he's you know kind of feeding this way. But I happen to look over a hill and I see just just randomly. This is one of those deals. Like I was taking a nap, I sat up put the binoculars up and I'm just kind of scanning around and oh my gosh there's a huge whitetail standing there and so I kind of wake Andrew up and and uh I'm you know, like right over that hill of course he can't see it you know he doesn't have binoculars like I do and so I'm like we're gonna watch this and uh he goes well, what are, the mule deer is right here in front of us it's like 40 yards in front of us at this point and I was like well the big buck's over there. I'll, I'll watch him lay back down, see where he lays down, and then we'll sneak around this mule deer so we don't scare him, and then we'll try to put a sneak on that big whitetail. And he's, all right, so we good. So we pack all of our stuff up. That deer, that whitetail stood up, didn't move, and laid right back down. And he wasn't, he probably wasn't standing. Well, of course, I don't know how long he was standing before I saw him, but he was probably standing 30 seconds after I saw him to when he laid back down, and I couldn't see him again. Mm. Um, that was the, just the luckiest thing that I, you know, I just happened to look and he was there and of course he could have been staying there for five minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, so we sneak around this corner, uh, don't spook the mule deer buck. I don't know where he went. Um, and then we, I, I, I set him down and I'm like, Hey, you know, we've got a, uh, we got a dilemma here. We can sit right here at the base of this little shrub that the buck is laying down right underneath that other shrub. You know, we can't see him, but he's over there. 
we're about 120 yards away. When he stands up, you know, I feel confident you can shoot that far. Um, you know, we'll, we can just sit here and wait. And I said, or see that other hill right there. We can belly crawl up on that other side of that hill, and we can basically kneel on top of that hill, and we'll be about 50 yards away from him, and we'll wait for him to stand up there. We'll try to run at him. I'll try to get him to stand up, that kind of stuff. And uh, to my son's credit, he chose option A, mm-hmm. uh, the sit. let's sit at 120 yards and just wait on the deer. Uh-huh. Um, the impatient father that I am uh, overruled him <laughs> and, uh, and said – and said, well, I said, I, I would like that idea if we were the only ones here. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a dozen other kids. There's, you know, there's like 15 kids on this controlled hunt. Um, I don't know where they are. You know, we've seen another group you know, over that way, a ways, et cetera, et cetera. I said, we could sit here. I said that some other person could just walk over the hill and scare him, and he'll run off, and we'll never get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I talked him. I didn't talk him into it. I just told him what we were doing. <laughs> So we belly crawled up there. Um, I could see his antlers in the brush. That's all I could see was this antler tips. And I'm grunting at him. You know, I'm, uh, I got one of those can calls. I'm flipping the can call over and over. You know, we got a, my son's on his knees with a tripod pointed right towards where the deer is. He never saw the antlers um, in the brush. But, you know, we probably sat there for, it felt like five minutes, you know, two or three minutes. Who knows? Um and that deer finally just stood up and trotted over the hill. Never gave us a shot. Mm. Uh, just, just a monster. And so we ran up the hill real fast. You know, again, we were 50 yards from him, uh, and it's really hard to move in that brush. And mm. We crested the hill and looked and looked and looked, and, and he was gone. I have no idea where he went. Mm. Uh, those things, they know all the little dips and valleys in that, you know, and they can just sneak from one to the other and, and never give you a chance. Because, again, you know, if he's a mule deer, he had ran to the top of the next hill and turned around and looked at us 75 yards away, and we might have got a shot off. But mm-hmm. that whitetail was just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I think I got him on camera later on in the season, that same buck. Mm-hmm. And according to the manager, he's, he did not get shot, as far as we know. They don't, they don't know everyone that gets shot mm-hmm. off the management area, of course. But one that big, they probably would have seen. So there's a big one running around for anybody that wants to go up there and try to sneak up on him. <laughs> and uh, so that, that was Friday. Uh, I, he got dehydrated, I think, you know, Friday evening, started getting a headache, so we went back to the house uh, pretty pretty sure. Saturday, I don't remember what happened on Saturday. We must not have saw anything that was, you know, worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday was cold and drizzly. Uh, we sat on a, one of the tanks um, that my dad had sat on during archery season. And hoping that maybe, you know, uh, uh, one of the does had started to go get, you know, frisky or something like that. But we didn't see anything. Um, we hiked around. We saw a group of about 15 mule deer does. Uh, and we checked the heads of every single one of them to make sure there wasn't a buck with them. You know, we've, we've always heard they herd up sometimes like that. And there'll be one buck in his harem. Mm. Um, but never did see any on that. And um, so then he and this is Sunday evening, you know, last day of the hunt. Um, so we start walking back towards the truck and we'd walk down a valley, get up to the crest of the hill, glass a little bit, walk down, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it took us about three hours or so to walk back towards the truck as we were, you know, just being sneaky. And, uh, literally the last hill that we would have crested before getting to the truck, before we could see the truck, um, we stepped on a big white tail, like 15 yards in front of us. 
he comes thrashing up out of the brush. And this particular stuff was about eight foot tall and you couldn't walk through it. And that buck couldn't run through it either. Um, I have no idea to this day why that buck didn't take his exit trail out. There was a nice worn trail headed south, you know, right out of where he busted from. And we would have never, we have never seen him if he would have ran that way. But instead, he ran directly away from us. I mean, I'm sure he was dead asleep, and we crested that hill, you know, chomping, and we're tired and, you know, grumpy because we haven't seen anything. And he come busting out of that. And so he's trying to jump through this stuff, and he just can't. And so he stops, and he's on the hill. You know, he's facing directly away from us, but he's almost like uh, at a 45-degree angle up. So I tell, uh, I tell my son, like, you know, put the crosshairs right between his shoulder blades because he's angled up that much. And uh, he goes, all right. So uh, he shoots and dust kicks up about two feet to the right. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you missed. And so he racks another shell in and that buck turns around and runs towards us and then turns to go south and stops again at about 50 yards. And Andrew just drills him. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I could, I heard it and, you know, he just, he runs and just piles up. We just watch him pile up. And he, you know, we go to screaming and yelling and hooping and hollering and he's crying and I can't figure out why he's crying. And I look at him and he's just got blood running down his face because oh, he'd gotten, he'd gotten too close to that scope and got mm. scope bit on it. And, uh-huh. and he's, my, my face hurts, but I'm so happy. And, oh, uh, it's great. We, we called, we called his mom and he's, he's crying. We FaceTimed his mom and he's crying and excited and she's <laughs> excited and, it was great. So then I had known kind of where he fell, um, but we, you know, went down there again. It's really hard to walk through this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I made him I made him find it. Like I was walking off in some other distant direction, you know, and mm-hmm. and he starts yelling and whooping and come here, come here. And so we came over there and and found him. And you've got you've got that picture mm-hmm. um, as well. So um, yeah, we. Uh, if he, yeah, if he'd have run the other way, we'd have never seen him, but, uh, we excited, excited on that. So got him, got him mounted. And, uh, so then let's see that, that, that was the end. That was the 18th of October. So then fast forward to November 21st. Now the whole family, mom, dad, me, and my brother got drawn, uh, for the gun hunt on the management unit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're up there the 21st opening weekend of gun season and, uh, there's a spot up there that dad likes to sit on one side of the hill and I like to sit on the other side of the hill. And so far dad's side is winning because <laughs> they've shot, they've shot three deer off that side of the hill and no deer on my side of the hill. That's where, that's where he and Elijah were that opening weekend of youth season when he shot that four corn muley. And he and uh, my mom was mom, he and mom were sitting on one side and my brother and I were sitting on the other and, and he and mom, mom shot a nice white tail she had, doesn't hunt much. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things like first year the walk by was getting the hammer dropped. And, yeah. uh, it was a nice, nice two and a half year old eight point. And, uh, my brother and I didn't see anything, but you know, miles and miles away on one side, on the other side, we were looking. Um, but you know, as we're walking out, uh, like I said, mom's already shot one. They've actually already gone and field dressed it, you know, and, and we're about a hundred yards or so away from there. And, uh, we're my brother and I are walking out and we happened to see a big muley running dogging a doe and we didn't know if he was dogging the doe or had been bumped by somebody else, you know, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so he, that, so he and I kind of hurry down the hill and up to the next hill and he keeps going to the next hill to try to cut this deer off. And 
that buck stands up on top of the hill and I can see my brother, you know, on one knee looking right at the deer doesn't shoot this muley mm-hmm. and and he turns around and runs and he runs towards me and he runs down into a valley uh gives me a you know he's just trotting uh and i ended up shooting him and 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 rolling him up as he was running by and later on i was like why didn't you shoot him and he was like he was skylined and those other hunters were over there and sure enough as we were you know as you're looking from where his angle was where the deer was there was a couple of guys on the hill, uh, you know, half mile away or so, which we think were the ones who actually bumped that deer originally. Mm. They were running, you know, running away from him. And he was just like, I couldn't do it. I, you know, I saw, you know, that just wasn't a safe shot. And I was just like, now I feel bad because <laughs> you should have gotten the first shot. I've already shot a mule deer with my archery, with uh-huh. my bow. Uh-huh. And, and now with this, this nice muley runs by and, uh, and I, you know, anyway, so I actually have a picture of this muley, from September 5th when my buddy and I were out glassing uh-huh. um, on my, on my camera. It's kind of cool to see him, you know, in velvet. And then again, now that, you know, that I shot him. Yeah. Um, so, and then Saturday morning, that was Saturday morning. So I went with my son to our family land that's nearby. Uh, Cause I was done with the control hunt mm-hmm. and, uh, and my, he, he shot a nice buck in uh, out of the barn that we call it over there on our plant family land. And, uh, just, you know, during that rut time, man, it pays to be there all day. Mm-hmm. We, we literally got in to the barn where we sit and kind of look over this little Creek system at, uh, about one o'clock and one forty-five was when that buck cruised through. And, uh, the, one of the guys that has permission up there has a little deer feeder up there. And so that, that buck just cruised through, ate about three mouths full of, of corn and just kept right on walking. Hmm. You know, there's no doubt in my mind he was just cruising, looking to see if there was any does at the feeder, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, at 1.45 in the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, my oldest son shot a really nice buck there on that camera or on the, at that place. Um, Sunday morning, my dad uh, went back to that same hill uh, and eventually shot a uh, – shot a broken off whitetail broke off his main beam on one side mm-hmm. and uh and, and dad had said too he's like man i've been on like six or seven controlled hunts and i've never even seen a deer to shoot so he was <laughs> going to shoot the first deer that walked by as well uh on a controlled hunt uh-huh. um and then sunday evening uh, my brother got into some deer but he didn't know exactly where the boundary lines were mm-hmm. uh he didn't he wasn't up there with me when we were scouting as much and so he didn't know where the which management area was which, and there was there's fences that run all through those properties, yeah. you know, old fences from the cattle ranch, and even current fences for when they do put cows in there and stuff. And so he wasn't sure. He was waiting for this deer to jump this fence to get on what he thought was the management unit, uh, when in fact it was on the whole time. He could have he could have walked right down to the fence, you know. And so he was kicking himself for not knowing that. And that's that's another thing to keep in mind is when you do those kind of things, make sure you know where you are and where all the lines are, you know, A, to keep yourself legal and make sure you're not on the wrong side, but then B, so that you know, hey, that deer right over there, I can go, I can go hunt that deer. Mm-hmm. I can shoot that deer. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the, the fast forwarded version of, of that. So uh-huh. uh, you'll have some, you'll have pictures of those, of those muleys. And unfortunately, my, my, the gun hunt for the muley didn't, wasn't exciting as it could have been because, mm-hmm. you know, we were walking out, he got bumped, he ran by, I shot it, yeah. you know. That's how it happens sometimes, though. You know, like the the bigger deer that I shot this year was definitely the least exciting story. And then, you know, at the 
end of the year, I shot this kind of management broke off eight point and, you know, not near as good of a buck, but uh, heck, you know, more exciting uh, story. And so that's just the way it is sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now, now we're, we're torn now. I am at least, cause I've, I've been bitten by the, uh, the Western I can see it as far as I want to bug. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, um, we've got, we've got two deer on our, on our family land in North central Oklahoma that'll make anybody drool. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's going to be hard to go sit in a tree stand where you can only see like 50 yards at a time mm-hmm. and just hope, just hope a deer walks by uh-huh. as opposed to being out there in the panhandle and, uh, and being able to see it and make something happen, you know, uh, either either make it happen or or make it not happen, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that that's that's how it works sometimes. So, yeah. And then you know, the last story, like I said, we had a great year. Uh, both boys had, got their first turkeys this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them up there in the Panhandle uh, on the management area. One of them, uh, we we ended up we've been chasing. There was two toms and six hens. Uh, that we knew where were, and we set up Saturday morning on them, and then we set up Sunday morning on them, and they just didn't have anything to do. Uh, those two toms weren't leaving those, you know, six hens. We couldn't get them to come off. And my my buddy actually herded them towards us. If he'd have had a <laughs> shotgun, he would have been able to, you know, shoot one of them. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were watching him, and we were like, oh, they're out there in that field, and we're set up right here. They should walk right by us. And uh, – yeah, no, they didn't. They just kind of looked at him, and he ended up pushing them, and they just kind of walked in front of him, mm-hmm. but he wasn't able to herd them our direction. Mm. So it was just one of those deals. Like if we would have, if if we would have been the ones that were on the other side, we mm-hmm. could have shot one of those. But we ended up seeing him again, glassing that area up there. Is just you know, glass those fields. There's a black dot out there in the middle of the field. There, there might be a turkey out there, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what we saw. Um, drove around the section. Uh, about four or five miles to get to the other side of the management area. And sure enough, he was still down there. So we parked the truck and uh, Elijah and I went to put the sneak on and it was about 800 yards between where we, where the birds were and where the truck was. Mm. And uh, we walked around, you know, followed a little dry Creek bed and snuck up on them. And we could, every now and then I could see them down there, uh, but they weren't responding. The wind's blowing a hundred miles an hour. It's the panhandle. It mm-hmm. always does. And so we're not sure if they couldn't hear us or, you know, we, we assumed it was two Jakes, you know, based on what we could see with the binoculars and that kind of stuff. And, and so we, uh, we started crawling across this, you know, creek bottom towards them just to get a little bit closer to maybe they were you know, hear us. And I've got a decoy and he's got the gun and we're crawling. And my buddy's up at the truck with his spotting scope and he ends up calling me and, uh, and he's like, man, they're coming. I'm like, where? <laughs> he's like this tree and this tree and this tree. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't help at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're literally about to step on you, you know, about 800 yards away when they're 75 yards from me. Uh-huh. The difference between 800 yards and 875 yards mm-hmm. through his spotting scope made them look like they were, you know, 10 feet from us. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we ended up seeing them. I had the, like I said, I had that turkey in front of me. And uh, once I, once they saw that turkey decoy as we were crawling behind it, they just started running right towards us mm-hmm. across that field. And uh, so Elijah was able to, you know, raise up on his elbows and and just shoot the shoot the lead Jake, and then he got to see the the good old uh, "you were my buddy until you were injured" deal. <laughs> yeah, the turkeys yeah. like to do. Uh-huh. You know, and that that other Jake just started hammering on him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, 
we ended up walking over there to him and they just, they're completely oblivious sometimes. It's one of those deals like if my other son would have been with me, we could have got both of them, mm-hmm. you know, cause they just sit there and, and beat each other up mm-hmm. after, after they've been dead. So yeah. And that, that was youth weekend. And then the next weekend, my, my dad took uh, the other son, Andrew up to our family land and he ended up getting a Jacob there as well. So nice. we had a, we had a great, we had a great season and, and you know, that's now looking forward. I don't know when we're going to, have a season like that again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's it. That's, that's mm-hmm. the 2020 and 2021 year and, and good, good stuff. You'll, you, you got all those pictures you can post for people to see. Yeah, too, I will. So. I will. Yeah. That's an awesome story, man. And that's, yeah, like you said, that is a, a heck of a year. Um, uh, and yeah, I just, you know, I, I talked a few weeks ago about the kind of the control system, controlled hunt system a little bit. And, you know, I've been putting in for a couple of years now, but I've yet to draw anything. Granted, I'm probably putting in for some of the harder tags, you know, like I want that adventure kind of like you were talking about. Uh, so yeah, but it's just <clears> nice <throat> to talk to somebody who, who has drawn and not only drawn, but got out there and really put the work in and been successful. So yeah, it's really cool to hear all the stories. Yeah, you can definitely like you can definitely tell the difference. Like we spent, you know, multiple weekends, mm-hmm. uh, three three weekends at least, plus a couple of days on either side up there in in the Panhandle in prep for our two controlled hunts we had in that area. Whereas the other one up there in northeastern Oklahoma, we never went. You know, I did call a few guys that I knew that lived around that area and ask if they'd ever been in that section. You know, and they had a few things. You know, yeah, you know this this and this. You know that kind of stuff. Um, it pays to, if you're going to do it, go do it, right. you know, um, that, that's, that's definitely where, where it comes down to spend the time to actually go out there and, and do that kind of stuff. Um, I have, I have been putting in for the draw since, you know, I was in youth, uh, and I have done one, two, two other, I've been drawn for a little river gun hunt, uh, about 10 years ago or so. And then a cross timbers, uh, muzzleloader hunt about five years ago or so um both of those times um where it was a was a close but no cigar thing and now if i ever go back i know more about it you know than than i did going in originally Mm -hmm. um so there's there's definitely a lot of uh of that and and the managers up there are great you know Mm -hmm. I, i have found that uh you know calling and talking to them you know they're they're pretty busy usually and so you don't get a whole lot out of them you know on the phone but if you happen to stop by and they're at, you know, at the barn or, you know, that kind of stuff and, you know, you can chat with them and point out this, that, and the other, you know, this is where I was thinking, this is what I was thinking. Cause they're up there, they hunt those areas too, you know, um, they, they, they love doing that kind of stuff. So. Well, cool. Uh, I guess I just have one last question for you and you, you were very informative as we went through this and I appreciate that, but you know, if somebody does decide to go up, um, you know, Northwest and, and hunt this big public land stuff, do you have any little tips or tricks that you would recommend? Um, shoe leather, you know, as everybody mm-hmm. says, just to put in the, the time to walk. Um, I, I did. I mean, I've got a, I've got $150 pair of Nikon binoculars and they were more than sufficient for what I did. Um, I did bought, I did buy the, the lowest end, uh, Vortex spotting scope last summer. Um, uh, but that, and I never even took it on, on the actual hunts. That was just when we were scouting and that kind of stuff. Um, I did get a bunch of cool videos through my phone, you know, through the spotting scope of, of those deer that we were seeing. Um, but yeah, it's just, 
just get out there and and look. Um, you know, again, if 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 you're going whitetail, a lot of times everything I've heard has been they're down in the in the river bottoms. Um, the whitetails I saw weren't, but I wasn't looking. Mm-hmm. You know, I was up up in the pastures and and the scrub and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not too at least this particular one and a couple of the other ones up there. Uh, it's not too far off the management areas before you get into ag field stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's still quite a bit of you know brush to ag type food to bed to food type patterns uh-huh. um, in in most of those places up there. Now there there are some that are you know that don't have any ag around. There's some areas that don't have any ag, and and again every deer I saw was just nipping everything that he walked by. Yeah. You know sagebrush here sumac brush there, tumbleweed here, you know, they were eating everything that they just walked by and didn't seem like they were, you know, where I'm originally hunt, where it was, you know, they walk, walk past all the acorns to eat the Milo in the corn, you know, in the mm-hmm. cornfield, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or they walk past your pile of corn sometimes to go eat the corn out in the wheat field, <laughs> you know, out, out in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I would, I would suggest, I would highly suggest using those controlled hunts as just an excuse to get out and go, go do something in one of those places that you didn't think you'd, you know, it's, it's one thing to be like, Hey, I'm going to go out to, you know, Sandy Sanders, or I'm going to go out to Black Mesa or, you know, Black Kettle and those kind of places mm-hmm. all this weekend. And, uh, it's another when you're like, Oh, I've drawn this. Mm-hmm. I want to make it, I want to, I want to actually be successful. I want to, I want to do something. I want to, I want to be successful at it. So I'm going to put in a little bit of extra work uh at that point mm-hmm. um and that's i think the controlled hunts are awesome yeah um you know they they give you a chance um i've got my list of what i'm going to put in and i need to do that so i don't forget you know <laughs> and and miss a year uh-huh. um you know the they've got new the elk the elk stuff is different last year and this year they've actually got a walk-in stuff uh where it's you and a buddy and you've got a you actually have to hike in and and hike out and, and pack out an elk and all that kind of stuff. They're trying to get a little bit of the more Western feel to the, uh, to that particular hunt down there in the Wichita mountains. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, all the odds are there. The wildlife department does a great job of laying out, you know, who was successful, where they were successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those kind of things. I'm sure there's lots of people that are screaming at me that, you know, I'm blowing up hot spotting, <laughs> right. you know, a place. Um, but all that information is already out there mostly. Mm-hmm. And, and again, if you go look at the numbers, uh, there was, I think there was 11 people on that controlled hunt. Um, uh, we were four of the 11 and there was seven, seven successful people. And three of them were my family. Right. Um, you know, so there were other people that were successful, mm-hmm. uh, and they may, they may or may not have put in the same amount of work. I, I don't know, but, um, I know we weren't successful at the place that we didn't put in as much work. Right. right. So that's, that's kind of it. Awesome. Well, TJ, it's been great having you on. You're a great storyteller and, and very helpful. So, uh, yeah, we really appreciate, appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. Um, you know, and if, if, if you don't mind, uh, if you ever do any kind of, uh, uh, nuisance stuff, that's Mm -hmm. what I do. All right. I, I own, I own a nuisance wildlife removal company, so okay. squirrels, raccoons, squirrel, uh, rac- uh, skunks, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. out of attics. That's what I was saying. Like I can choose. Like no, nope, I'm not. I'm not working tomorrow. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to go hunt tomorrow. Uh-huh. Kind uh-huh. of a thing. So um, if you, if you ever if you ever need anything like that, or you know any anybody has any of those type of questions, um, mm-hmm. you know I do that. I do a little bit of habitat manager work 
uh, as well. Okay. Um, so and, that's that's kind of what we do. So. And what's the name of your company, just in case people want to find you? So it's Oklahoma Wildlife Solutions, and that's you know .dot com, mm-hmm. Facebook, all that kind of stuff. It's it's basically the same name. Instagram, Twitter, all those type of things. You'll see a lot of honeybee work right now. Mm-hmm. I'm into. I'm removing honeybees out of people's houses mm. nearly every day. So you'll see videos and pictures and that kind of stuff for that type of stuff. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, once again, I appreciate it, TJ, and thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. There we go. Man, I'm so glad TJ reached out to me. It was awesome having him on. He had a ton of information, a ton of stories, and uh, yeah, it was just a good old time. And it kind of went along perfectly with my uh, adventure hunt rambling I did at the end of my last podcast. And so it's kind of nice to keep that theme going, you know. So anyway, uh, yeah, thanks again, TJ. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I sure did. It was really nice to just kind of sit back and listen. And it was, it was almost like I was listening to my own podcast. Like, I just got to sit there and listen the whole time, and so that was super nice. Uh, I'm going to keep you guys updated on my turkey hunt that I am hopefully going to do this coming weekend. Uh, I hope I have a little bit more success. Uh, Good luck to all you hunters out there. Turkey season is in full swing uh, when this comes out. Uh, I guess the whole state will be open, southeast region and and all the guys up north and west that have already been getting to hunt. And if you guys are successful, let me know. You know, I'll throw it out there on the page or send me a, a message. And I love getting to just share all these adventures together with you guys. So good luck to everybody who's going to be hunting this weekend. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you guys next week.